0: It is a joy to be back again with you this week to share from God's Word. Um, Last week, as you remember, we were dealing with the whole concept of sin in this world, the darkness of sin in this world, the impact of sin in this world. And then at the end of our passage, we had that great aspect that there would be a Redeemer, there would be a Savior for those who repent. And I hope that that message Work in your heart this week because today we're going to be celebrating the positive side of things and what's the outcome of that. But as we think about that, I want to remind you that that power to do that comes from the authority, from the the, um, role that covenants have in our lives, the power of the Spirit, and the authority of the Word, as we heard last week in our lesson from Isaiah 59. But this week, we're in Isaiah 60, and we're reading verses 1 through 4. We're going to talk about the whole chapter, but I didn't want us to have to read all of that because that's quite long, but we will be hitting certain aspects of that. So if you would, if you're able to stand for the reading of God's Word, Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 4a. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the people. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And the nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They will gather together. They come To you your sons from afar and your daughters shall be carried on the hip this is the word of the Lord thanks be to God let us pray father we thank you for your word we ask that it would apply in our lives that we would know you better that we would love you better and we would understand you better from what we hear today your authoritative word set aside the words of your messenger but by your spirit Use the words of your your scripture in our hearts and in our minds that we might glorify you, that we might turn to you, that we might understand you better. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated. When we come to scripture, one of the rules that we use is um, a plain understanding of what we're reading. So when you look at scripture and it says, For God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. That's pretty plain. God loved the world, he gave his son. But today we're going to look at a passage and we're going to struggle with it a little bit to say, how do we normally approach this passage if we were reading it? And what's the real message that's in the passage? And then what is our role in that? What is our focus in that? So when we first read this passage uh, of Isaiah 60, I want to highlight some things that might stand out to us. And we go, oh, that, that sounds good. So let's look at this because I think our hearts will be encouraged by this. If you look down at verse 5, it talks about the abundance of the seas shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations should come to you. That's, that's good news. That's nice. We would like that. We get excited about that. Let's have all the nations bring their wealth to us as God's people. Then verse 6, it talks about camels will bring you gold and, and frankincense. Now, we don't know much about frankincense, but we know what gold's good for. And we look at that and we go, okay, other countries are going to send their camels or their means of transportation and bring us wealth. That's a, that's a good thing. Verse 7, flocks should be gathered to you. Now, once again, we don't know much about flocks, but we get the concept that there was animals, and, you ha- and your wealth was counted by your animals, and they will be gathered to you. You're going to have more flocks. And that, that that would be good news. Verse 9, the ships of Tarsus shall bring silver and gold. Once again, we're going, okay, that, that's, that's not bad. That would be nice. That would be good. The ships will bring us silver and gold. And then verse 10, foreigners will build up your walls. Now, you know in those days, you had a walled city because you wanted to protect it. You had to have the walls to keep all the enemies out. And what this saying is, all the nations around you are going to come and build up your walls for you and make you more secure. Now, we read passages like this, and you can go through the rest of chapter 60, and there's one example after another of good things happening to the people of God. And we read that, and we go, where's that for me today? I don't... I don't feel like I'm a wash in gold. I don't see this happening necessarily for me today. And so we start to think, okay, maybe this is just talking about the sweet by and by when we get to heaven. And we we put this as a future focus, and it almost becomes, as one famous person said, the opium for the masses of just thinking about the sweet by and by. Someday in heaven, and we'll get to heaven but I hate to tell you this. In heaven, gold isn't a big thing. It's what they put on the streets to pave it. We don't, They don't they don't worry much about gold. They don't worry much about pearls. That's just what you use to make the gate out of. Um, so we, we start looking at it in just a future sense, and we start going, well, it, it is nice to think about power and influence, affluence, and money. And we start going, well, that sounds really good. But then we go, well, that must be somewhere way off in the future. But as we think about that, we also need to have another biblical understanding principle, and that is you understand one passage of Scripture from other passages of Scripture. You don't just take one and go, well, this is what all the Bible says. You've got to go, wait a minute. How does all this balance together? And we know from Scripture that God says the kingdom of God is not about our own wealth. That's right. In fact, Jesus says, sell all you have, give to the poor. Yeah. And so we start going, okay, wait a minute. What is this about? How does this work? We have this future focus that's out there that we begin to say, wow, that's. I'd really like that, but I don't have it. Maybe it'll come someday. How does that work? We know that as Christians, it's not just about health and wealth in this life. And if someone is preaching that or saying that, it's just about you getting rich today. They're not reading all of Scripture and come together. So then we have to ask the question, what's the real focus of this passage? In verse 5, where we looked at it and the first saw, well, the abundance of the seeds are going to come to you. Well, in verse 5, it says that you will be radiant. You will have the light of God's glory. Your heart will be thrilled and exalted. There's a switch here. What it's doing is it's using terms of this world, wealth and affluence and power, and helping us grab hold of that, but saying there's really a kingdom focus to it. And the kingdom focus is that you will be radiant, you will have the light of God's glory, your heart will be thrilled and exalted, as if you were super rich. Okay? So we start to struggle through that. Verse 6 where we had camels would bring us gold. And frankincense, now here from a kingdom perspective, the camels will bring good news and praise to the Lord. What's the good news? The good news is the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom, that the king is coming, that his reign is coming in our lives. And so when we start thinking about, boy, I really would like gold and whatever that frankincense is, um, we also should be thinking, no, it's really about having the good news of the kingdom And praising the Lord. Verse 7 flocks shall be gathered to you. But it also indicates there that they're for God's altar. They're for sacrifice to God, that God will beautify his house. What's his house? It's the place where they worshiped. God will beautify his house by the sacrifices of the flocks that come to us. In a little bit, we'll take our offering. That's our giving of our tithes and offerings back to the kingdom of God to beautify, to glorify his house. Verse 9, ships of Tarsus will bring silver and gold. But silver and gold, it says, for the name of the Lord, that he will make you beautiful. This is a kingdom focus, not a money and affluence focus, not a future focus, but a focus for today. Verse 10, foreigners will build up your walls. It says God says, I will have mercy on you. I will have mercy on you. God will use others around us to build up our defenses, our assurance of safety, etc., to demonstrate his mercy upon us. Now, I come to you today and I say, have any of you seen that mercy of God in your life? We begin to go, okay, there's this richness, there's this affluence that the passage talks about, but we can see that there is a kingdom focus to what it talks about. Where are we in that mix? How does this work for us? Well, there's a, a, a couple of terms or a couple of uh, ideas that I want us to make sure that we understand. One I mentioned last week, and that was ICC. Inauguration, which means the beginning of the kingdom. When did the kingdom start? Well, it started with Adam and Eve, okay? And then there was a covenant with Abraham, and God said, through you I'm going to bless the nations. And then it continued on through King David and the covenant with him, continued on to Jesus and the new covenant, where we're able to say, okay, we understand that the kingdom of God has started. When the kingdom of God has started, we look at all these things, both the affluence that's there, the money and the power that's there in these verses, and we look at the kingdom aspect that's in these verses and we say, it started, it's inaugurated, it's begun, okay? And now we're in this period of the continuation, that's the first C, the continuation of the kingdom, meaning that it keeps growing and growing. God came to Abraham and said, you are going to have children as the stars of the sky. He didn't have any children then. He didn't have any hope of any children then. And God said, this is what it's going to be like. And that's in part how this is coming to us to say, God is painting a picture of what it's going to be like. Do we just say, no, it's only going to happen in the future? No. Do we say it's fully happened now? Not my life. I don't think in your life either that all these wonderful things have happened. But we can say God's inaugurated his kingdom. He started his kingdom. And it's continuing through us today. And then the last piece is the culmination. Now, my wife looked this up for me. And culmination has with it the concept of not just finishing something, but finishing something that you had to work at over time. And it's a long time in the kingdom for us. But we know that a 1,000 years is but a minute for God. And so we're looking at this going, okay, the kingdom of God has started, the kingdom of God is continuing, and the kingdom of God someday will be a culmination of that, and it will be in full view for everybody, both in heaven and, as we pray every week in the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done in heaven and on earth. So we want to see that happen. So as we work through that, then we have to come to the place of saying, okay, that's great. All these riches and power and blessing will happen in the kingdom. It started. I don't have it yet. If you do, share some with me. But I don't have it all yet, but it's coming more and more. Now, I think if you look around you, someone listened to a history thing, and he said, the best king of the Middle Ages lived a harder life than any of us. We have access to medical, we have access to better food, we have access to a lot of different things. But we look at our world in our own eyes and we go, well, it certainly doesn't feel like all the nations are sending me their gold and incense and their their camels are coming to me and the ships are bringing things. And That doesn't necessarily feel that way. So we have to look at it and say, okay, that's the inauguration, continuation, and consummation. It's there or another way of looking at it that might help you remember it, is the now and the not yet. That means the kingdom of God is now, but it's not fully yet. Yes, yes, yes. Okay? Because there's going to be a lot of things that will be better when the kingdom's here. And we look forward to that. But we don't want to be a people that are just looking forward. We want to be a people that are dealing with our lives today. So what's our focus? Well, that's where I pick these four, four verses in the chapter. The first, ver- the first word is arise. Now, we know this if you have teenagers. Get out of bed. Get up. Yeah. Get All right? It reminds me, you've seen it in the movies, where the, the guys in the army or whatever, they're laying around the barracks, they're playing cards, they're doing whatever, and someone comes in and yells attention. That means the boss is here. You better get up, straighten up, shut up, and listen to what he has you to say to to you. And so they all jump to the ends of their beds and stand at attention. It's pretty incredible to see in real life. Well, that's this word. It's arise. Get up. And I come to you today, and I'm saying, listen, God is saying good things are here, but you have a role in this, and that role is arise. And the second word is shine. Now, when we think about shine, Okay, uh, my wife, is. we were driving here today and she's talk, looking on her phone for something and the sun hits that, uh, that phone glass just the right way and it blinds me. Well, that's kind of a shine, you know, reflective. You could think about the mountains that are, if you're down in a deep valley, if you've ever uh, hiked up in the mountains, you can be down in a deep valley and it could be 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you're going, boy, it's already getting dark out. And that's because the sun has gone down behind the high mountains around you you're down in the valley, but all of a sudden, you'll get to a spot where the sun catches that mountain, especially if there's snow on it, just the right way, and the light reflects down in the valley, and you're like, all of a sudden, it got brighter. The concept here was shine, and when it says, your light has come, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. So here we are, and the glory of the Lord shines on us. It's not about how much money we have. It's not about all the camels that have come to us. It's not about all the power that we have. It's not that the neighbors are going to do... Yes, those things will and are and continue to happen in a growth of the kingdom aspect. But that's not our focus. Our focus is that the glory, the glory of the Lord has shined upon us. Now, if that doesn't mean much to you, you might need to go back to Isaiah 59 where it says all these bad things are happening, all these terrible things are happening, but there will be a redeemer. There will be a savior for God's people, for those who repent. If you're here today and you have not repented, you won't understand this at all because you don't know the glory of God. You don't know what it means for the glory of God to be risen upon you. But if you're a child of God today, You've had a small taste. Now, it may be very much back here at the beginning, going, I've just had a taste of the kingdom of God. I know he's saved me. Maybe you haven't experienced all the mercies and things that he's done for you. Maybe you haven't seen the ways that he's saved your life, that he's blessed your life. Maybe you don't understand those things. But I can tell you, they are happening. And maybe you definitely don't understand what it's going to be like in glory or in the new heaven in the new earth. But that day is coming, where we will say the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. Now, I struggled through all of that, and I I, I read the rest of this verse here where it says in verse 2, for behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. Now, this is back to last week's sermon. Darkness has covered the earth. Brothers and sisters, you only have to look around you to go, there's health issues. There's justice issues. There's poverty issues. There's issues where they Keep going. The list is long. If you don't see the darkness around us, if you don't see how it's covered the peoples, arise, wake up, because it's happening out there. Well, then what this says is... Well, let me, let me illustrate it this way. Um, I, can't, I can't even remember where it was, but somewhere here on the East Coast, we went to a cave, and they take you down the steps, And it's this beautiful stalagmites and all this color and all that kind of stuff. And it was really interesting. And then the lady said, you want to see what it's like when it's really dark? And they don't do it for very long because people will freak out. But they they have you shut off your lights, and then they cut the power. And you're sitting there going, I can't see anything. I don't know where the exit is. I couldn't find anything. If I move, I'm going to be in trouble. That's darkness. When it's so dark, you have no way of knowing where to go. And that's what it says. Thick darkness covered the peoples. Brothers and sisters, that's all around us. Thick darkness has covered the people. But the good news is the light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Verse says, but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. The nations shall come to your light, kings to the brightness of your rising. Brothers and sisters, this is what our focus needs to be. We need to focus on the future glory and the, and the coming riches. You can think about it, and that can encourage you Some. But that's not what the kingdom is about. Do we need to focus on the coming of the kingdom and the glory of the Lord and what the Lord is doing? Yes, but what's our focus in this? Our focus is to arise and shine. Now, I can't tell you what that means for you. I can't point at you and say, this is what you need to do to arise and shine, but I can tell you some things that will work out. Our relationship with one another will be better because we're all reflecting the glory of God, and we'll love one another better. You'll be eager to greet people in the church because they're reflecting the glory of God. And you'll say, come sit with me. I want us to glorify God together. It'll happen in our community. Many people would look at this church and say, you've lost your senior pastor. You know, what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, wait a minute. We have the glory of God Shining in a world that's dark, we should be growing. We should be encouraging people to come to church. We should be telling other people the good news of the kingdom. Why? Because his glory is shining upon us. Now, if you go, I just don't want to do that. Well, then pray about what glory you're reflecting. Is it your own or is it his glory? But if we're out there saying we want his glory to shine forth from us, we're looking for opportunities. To be involved in proclaiming his glory. Maybe it's just reaching out to somebody else. Maybe it's working in a school that needs some help. Maybe it's volunteering to help with the children. Maybe it's praying for world missions. In fact, this verse gives one, this passage gives one indication of what that would be like. The nations will come to your light, kings to the brightness of your rising. And it does get a little confusing here because it talks about our rising and our light. But we all know it's only a reflection of his light, his glory, his majesty. And so we come as God's people and we say, we can go to the nations. And I can tell you, it's needed out there. In our work with Third Mill, we do Bible and theology training around the world. When we go to people and say, here is the light of God's word, people are excited for that. People who have lived in utter darkness we go to Indonesia and they're persecuted for anything that looks and sounds Christian. And so they come and they say, help me understand God's word better. Now I want to go back and look at this in the light of three things that we saw last week. The sending out of us or the plan of God through his covenant. And then the power of God through his spirit and the authority of God in his word. One passage I want to look at is in, and this is going to be fairly quick, so hang on. Genesis 12, 1 through 3 says this. The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those that bless you And to him who dishonors you, I will curse. And you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Brothers and sisters, Bible tells us that we're engrafted into that promise. That all the nations of the earth will be blessed through us and that we go out and we will be a great nation and our name will be great. And we go, is that my name? No, it's the name of our king, King Jesus will be great and that God will bless those that bless us and curse those that curse us. Another passage that will talk about the covenants for us is Isaiah 55. Chapter 55, and it says this, Come, everyone who thirsts. Come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? and your labor for that which is not satisfied? Listen diligent to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live, and I will make you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the people, a leader and a commander of the people's You shall be called a nation that you do not know and a nation that you do not know will run to you because the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion upon him and to our God that he may abundantly pardon For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways. Your ways declares the Lord. Okay, here's the picture. God is saying, how I think about things isn't how you normally think about things. You want to come and you want to spend your money on bread that doesn't satisfy. You want to buy food that doesn't make you whole. Come to me. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him. Forsake your wicked ways. Forsake your unrighteous thoughts. And that covenant of turn from your wicked ways and turn from me, turn to me, God says, will bring us joy, will bring us that fulfillment that we want in this life. But it's also done by his spirit. This is Second Thessalonians two, verse thirteen. But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers. By brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To this he called you through our gospel, that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. We obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ by the power of the Spirit. And then through his word, Peter. Second Peter 1, verse 16. "We do not follow cleverly devised myths that we have made known to you, but the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we are eyewitnesses to His majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, a voice was borne to him by the majestic glory. Behold, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased, And we ourselves heard the very voice from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have something more sure, the prophets, the word, to which you do well to pay attention, a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Here's the picture. We have the word of God, which is is Jesus Christ, and the prophets, which means the scriptures, come to us that we might see his glory. Hebrews chapter 1 says this, verse 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purifications for sin, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. Jesus, the word of God, purified us from sin, and sits down at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And then lastly, I want to read John 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Here's the picture. We have the covenant. That gives us the authority, that gives us the charge to go out into the world and to spread his knowledge and to see his kingdom spread as the stars in the sky (coughs) that were promised to Abraham. The authority of the kingdom and the rule of King Jesus throughout all eternity as what was promised to David. And the, the, the life everlasting, the resurrection from the dead, the forgiveness of sins, that was promised to us to have faith in Christ alone for our salvation. And that work is worked out in us by the power of the Spirit and the authority that's in the Word of God that brings us His glory. So here's the idea for us. Arise, shine, reflect His glory. The glory of the Lord will rise upon you. His glory will be seen upon you. The nations will come to you. Kings to your brightness. Then here's what I want to close with. Lift up your eyes all around and see. Lift up your eyes all around and see. This is in verse 4. They gather together and they come to you. My prayer for you today is that you go home today and say, What do I need to be lifting up my eyes? What do I need to see? What's the darkness that's around me that I can reflect the light of God's glory into that situation? Once again, I can't tell you what that is for you. But if you don't know what God's called you to do in that, you need to pray. You need to talk to your pastor. You need to talk to other leaders in the church and say, what is it? And I don't care whether you're a young person or an elderly person. I think I've told this story once before here, but I'll tell it again. My grandmother, when she was in her hundred, in over 100 years old, she said one day, I'm tired. I'm ready to go home to heaven. And I said, Grandma, I was a missionary. We were missionaries in Mexico at the time. I said, Grandma, you're staying alive to pray for the missionaries. She said, well, that's all I can do. I said, that's a lot to do. That may be it. She stayed alive, she was in her bed, she could hardly feed herself. She had to get help, get up and go to the bathroom. But she was staying alive to pray for the missionaries. That was reflecting yeah. the glory of God yeah. to the nations. Yeah. I know you can do better than that. <clears throat> you can look around you in your community. It could be as little as picking up trash and going, that reflects the future kingdom of God. But the world will be a nicer place. Now do it in the name of Jesus, don't do it just to be good, Do it in the name of Jesus, but what we reflect his glory. once again, how you treat one another do we reflect his glory? How you do things in your community does it reflect his glory? We pray most weeks for the leadership in our community. Why? Because we want them to reflect the glory of God, and for us to live in a peaceful community that there is more and more justice all the time and things are done right for his glory. So I come to you today and I say, please, arise, shine, and as the children's song goes, give God the glory. Let's pray. Father, we acknowledge that you are good to us and we acknowledge that we have struggle at times with the world around us, wanting to be a people that are, that have those riches, a people that have that wealth, a people that have the power of this world. But Father, we acknowledge that we need to arise, reflect your glory, see the darkness around us, and know that your kingdom is coming. Your will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us wisdom as a people, give us wisdom as families, give us wisdom as a church, how to do that in our community. Father, we know that you are a good and gracious God. We know that you have blessed us in so many ways. We know that you have given us your glory. And so we pray, Father, that our eyes would not just be focused on the future, but our eyes would be focused on today. That we would see around us. Father, break our hearts if we don't see the darkness. Break our, our hearts that if we don't see the need. Break our hearts if we don't see those that are struggling in life. But Father, may we be the light in the darkness. May we be the, the shining of your glory far beyond anything that we can imagine. And we pray this not for our own glory but for the glory that is due your name. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information or would like to help support the local body of Christ Church in town, please visit our website at christchurchintown.org.